0: You know tougher than a lion, ain't gon' needin' tryin' I live with a and yup, you notice Yo. Never lying. truth teller That Rihanna range just won't let us All black on black shades, shades, Black-town But I'ma rock this shit like fashion As and going to they say stop And my runway never looks so clear But the hottest mint in heels right here No fear why are you getting your crap on? I'm getting my flat on. I'm sincere. I see you women and my pedestal. I better let you know. I'm so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: so hard. I'm so hard. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Hive Mind, a pop culture podcast. My name is Erin, and I am your host. I hope you guys have been well. I am so excited to be here today to talk about the career and legacy of an artist that I have totally grown up with. That artist is the one and only Rihanna. I'm talking about Rihanna today because we are on the heels of her much-anticipated performance at the Super Bowl halftime show. That performance is coming up on February 12th, so we are less than a month out. Um, This is a chance for the world to be reacquainted with Rihanna in her grown womanhood, you know, uh post being a mother, post being like a fashion mogul. Uh we're sort of ready to meet her in a new stage and era of her life. She has been like completely MIA in terms of performances since 2017. So it's been a mad long time um and even longer since she's actually put out like a record. So uh, I, I guess the question that was coming to me, like as you know, I've been hearing more and more about the performance, and like the other day she posted a teaser video. The question that was coming to me was like, is Rihanna ready for the Super Bowl? Are we, are we prepared for what we may experience? Uh, and I wanted to to sit with that a little bit today, uh, as well as just give like the oral history of Rihanna as an artist, as a hit maker as a sex symbol, a fashion icon. Um, she really was that girl for a long time. I worry that she's not that girl right now. And, uh, uh I, I want to talk through and work through a little bit what may go down. Um, I am willing to be proven wrong and I'm willing to be totally surprised by what she puts out here. But, uh, you know, there are, there are a couple of lanes that I could see this going down that won't And super well. That being said, I am a uh, big Rihanna fan. I love a lot of her music and I feel like she has a prolific fucking career. As I was putting together my notes for this episode, I was shocked to find out that Rihanna has released 56 singles to date uh, and has had 14 number ones. These numbers are just kind of like unparalleled. Uh, there are a lot of artists that I believe are more iconic or have a, a better chance at like becoming a music legend than Rihanna, but sometimes you can't really like, you can't really debate with the facts, with the numbers and like that, like 14 number ones in the brief time she's been in the public eyes, like kind of, kind of wild and un- unrivaled. So let's start at the beginning, right? Let's start at the very beginning. a Very good place to start. Why am I the Sound of Music on my Rihanna episode? Um, anyway, <laughs> that was embarrassing. Maybe I'll cut that later. Rihanna, whose full name is Robin Fenty, was born in the late 80s in Barbados. Um, Rihanna kind of had this childhood of poverty. Her family really didn't have much. She was definitely not like... A child performer in the way that Beyonce was you know where her her parents were putting her into theater and like building girl groups for her and like sort of had their eye on her talent no the uh uh, Rihanna was more of like a fan of music rather than a performer um you know she had this huge love and obsession for reggae and for a type of music called soca which is like a blend of soul and funk that originated in Trinidad and Tobago Um, this soca music uses like East Indian rhythms and it's very, it's very like, uh, it's like dance music. Um, so she was a fan, like she was appreciative of music and was raised on it, but wasn't necessarily on stage at all or making her own. Um, she actually dropped out of high school and then later, like a couple years later attempted to join the military, um, which I had no idea about about uh, her her military days, which makes so much sense because her fan base name, like you know how like Justin Bieber has the Beliebers and like, and like Lady Gaga has the little monsters. Rihanna's fan base name is the Navy. I feel like I'm putting massive puzzle pieces together, finding out she was like like aiming for a life in the military. Um, but yeah, so like she, she didn't necessarily have her sights set on fame or stardom or a career in general um a american producer kind of like came across her work um just sort of like messing around Um, and that producer happened to be a close personal partner of jay-z and of big time big time american producer la reed um la reed is really like he is responsible for so many of the pop and r&b stars of the early 2000s and like a total engine behind like everybody like his his stamp of approval meant you were going to be famous kind of and this is also like at Jay-Z's peak um so you know having having him co-sign her was also huge like legend has it that the very first time Rihanna walked into the room with these three men and performed for them they like dropped everything and immediately made her sign a six album deal with Def Jam Records which is like think about that six albums that could be years and years of output and they were they were banking on her right they were putting tons into her financially they saw something in her um Jay-Z has gone on to speak about this a lot like he he felt like she had this immediate arresting star power and was ready to put his name and his buck on it um so you know like She she shot into her career relatively fast. There was no like grinding and working up to it in the way that like, you know, we constantly hear stories about like Taylor Swift playing local shows in Pennsylvania and then in Nashville for years and years and years, like, like Justin Bieber busking on the streets, like You know, Ariana Grande being like a Broadway star before she sort of leveraged her career to TV and then leveraged that into music. Like, there was no like stepping stone into fame. It was just immediate, like zero to 100. One month, she's like a high school dropout, nobody in Barbados, struggling to make ends meet for her family, messing around a little bit with this little hobby she has of music. And then immediately, a month later she is jetted off to California kikiing with LA Reid of all people and and you know there's pen to paper and she is ready to drop 2005's debut record Music of the Sun I mean it just was like it was so fast Music of the Sun only had one successful song it was called Ponday Replay number two on the billboard hot 100 which is surprising um nowadays with like the tiktok push um we do get like an obscene amount of one hit wonders and new artists popping into the top five and like the billboard charts mean much less um i've talked about that phenomenon on my show quite a bit but in 2005 like we we pretty much were only getting top five hits by like you know um very well known have made a name for themselves stars like capital s star and you know rihanna was not that she was literally like completely fresh face nobody um i totally remember hearing ponday replay for the first time i actually think it might have been the first music video i watched on youtube <laughs> Like, I really connected with my early YouTube memories for some reason. I remember being, um, my family and I took a trip to visit some family friends in the Hamptons. And um, my sister and I and their kids, we stayed home while the adults went out for dinner one night. And we were, like, babysat by um, an older, like, neighbor or something. And she put on Ponday replay on YouTube. And we were, like, dancing to it. I sorry this is becoming like my diary but um <laughs> but yeah I I do like I remember I like viscerally remember greeting Rihanna for the first time and Rihanna in that video Rihanna then is very different from what Rihanna has come to be synonymous with um her whole thing in the beginning was like this innocent image um, she was supposed to be like the more innocent version of Sierra or Ashanti. Um, which is like so funny now, cause Sierra and Ashanti, you know, great work in the early two thousands, but gotta be honest, totally irrelevant now. Um, and also like they feel so cookie cutter in comparison to Rihanna now, who like has developed this, you know, no holds barred, no fucks given attitude. Um so it's so interesting. Like I was digging through the archives of reviews of Ponday Replay when it came out. And so many of them name check and like directly clock Sierra and Ashanti. And, you know, are like Rihanna's the teen queen. Rihanna's, you know, she's she's bubblegum Sierra and Ashanti. It really just goes to show that images are so malleable And what we think of our pop stars as, you know, morphs and changes over the course of their career. And the pop stars that are able to morph the best end up having these long careers like Rihanna. Um, She often cites Madonna as a like inspiration and reference point, which obviously is not like present necessarily in the music, but definitely present in the way that she's been able to rehabilitate her image when needed and like fit into these many grooves and pockets depending on what the world wants at the time 2005 was an interesting time um because we're sort of like we were sort of coming out of post 9-11 patriotism and we were trying to decide as a country like what are what our like cultural identity was going to be next we weren't necessarily at like obama era born this way lady gaga type shit yet like this is still during a bush presidency um but also like we had moved away from teen stars of the late 90s early 2000s like turn of the millennium and the whole like centering of their virginity thing that was really, really apparent in the come up of Britney and Christina. Um, So I feel like Rihanna was sort of introduced during this um, transition period where music fans didn't necessarily know what they want, which I kind of think is why she was able to land because like there wasn't a lot happening at the time. I think some of her early success was a little bit Luck of the Draw. Um, The following year, she put out an album called Girl Like Me. This is 2006. Uh, That album had two standout singles that made an impact on radio. The first being S.O.S., which is like a very legible pop, dance pop song, like some shit that would have played in the clubs then. Um, And then Unfaithful was the second Uh, Unfaithful is a really interesting song because it's vocal heavy. It's a ballad, vocal heavy. And like Rihanna notoriously doesn't have incredible vocals. Uh, This was being put out at like the same time that Beyonce was going solo and releasing stuff like Dangerously in Love, um, where she was sliding over every single ballad she was singing um so so much dexterity to the way she sings uh and rihanna's more like she's a very informal singer uh very untrained and always like sounded out of breath for some reason um you know but i did like unfaithful because i felt like there was something soulful and commanding and honest in it Still, one of my favorite Rihanna songs. I actually love to cover it and sing it as well. Um, but but a lot of people don't like it. Slant uh, described it as sounding like a, quote, cat being skinned alive. So I'll leave that there. Um, but yeah, it's a very classic Neo production. I mean, this song, it it just folds right into a playlist with, you know, I'm so sick of love songs. Like it's the same... It's just coming from the same man. You can totally tell. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of consider all of this sort of like Rihanna's, Rihanna stage one. Rihanna in her infancy. Her real breakthrough came in 2007 when she released her now classic album, Good Girl Gone Bad. This is the birth of at bad gal Riri. Um, this is kind of when she became who we know her as today she was taking very very tentative baby steps there but you know we first got that little glimmer of her aloof and unfriendly personality um this is a Timbaland produced record and I was just talking on my last episode last month about Nelly Furtado's Say It Right Um, which I feel like is one of the best forgotten singles of this time period that was also Timbaland produced. I'm starting to realize that I'm just like I'm a big fan of his production style. I find it really creative and I find it really like daring Um, especially for the time. He was very very consistent Um, so he had his hands all over this Uh, the first version of the album came out in 07, and then a year later she put out Good Girl Gone Bad Reloaded, Um, and it was kind of like a deluxe uh, edition um, before we necessarily used that language. We we definitely were in a phase at one point of calling things da-da-da-da-da Reloaded. Like, I just think of um, Nicki, uh, Pink Friday, Roman Reloaded. I think it's so funny how we go through trends when it comes to, like, the stylizing of album titles and song titles and things like that like I think a lot about that phase at the turn of the millennium where everyone was using text lingo and abbreviations in their song titles forever immortalized I I think about this all the time with Avril Lavigne skater boy which she literally spells sk8r space b-o-i Like, and it's still written that way forever and ever more on Spotify, you know? And then there was another phase, like kind of recently in like 2017 or so, whenever Billie Eilish popped, where um, every song title was written in all lowercase. Uh, And so I just, I think that's funny that things kind of become hot for no reason like that and then fade out. Um, But yeah, the whole reloaded thing was a very, that's a very 2008 thing to do. Um, Anyway, good girl gone bad. We've got singles like Umbrella, which is Rihanna's first Grammy-winning song. We also have songs like Shut Up and Drive, Disturbia, and Take a Bow. Uh, This was also an era of collaborations for Rihanna, so we saw her on T.I.'s Live Your Life, we saw her on Jay-Z's Run This Town, Eminem's Love the Way You Lie, Kanye's All of the Lights, and Nicki Minaj's Fly. So she was just dominating uh, the radio waves at the time. We heard, we heard her voice everywhere. She did still kind of have like a cold and whiny delivery in terms of vocals, um, but she totally shifted away from island aesthetics and embraced... Um, more more of like a legible pop route Also, kind of during this time period is when we saw Rihanna's relationship, very public relationship, with R&B singer Chris Brown. He was super popular uh, with hits like With You and Forever and my personal favorite, Yo, Excuse Me, Miss. Chef's Kiss, great song. I hate to say that about Chris Brown, but it is. Um, And then this, this time period that he was dating Rihanna completely sullied his name of course when in 2009 it came out that he violently assaulted her physically um to the point where she was like black and blue in bruises um you know so so their relationship which unfortunately ended up tumultuously dragging on for years and years after this uh on and off on and off again um but their relationship definitely did sort of like throw a throw a wrench in his career he's obviously still making music today but like if you look at the trajectory of him versus Rihanna like it's almost sad sort of where he is at today he's like a Jason Derulo wannabe and Jason Derulo's not even cool (laughs) so At this point, she launched and propelled into a new phase of her career. At this point, she was releasing music at a stupid rate. This is where we start to see Rihanna run into the central problem of her career, which is the fact that she's so able to pander to trends on radio, but... Through that, she is losing her individual sense of musical identity. At this point, if you ask me, what does a Rihanna song sound like? It would be really hard to give an answer. In 2009, she released the record Rated R. One of the great album titles of our time, I gotta say. Like, it's a little campy and on the nose, but just works. (laughs) Especially because the music on Rated R was was kind of sly and sleazy and sultry. Uh, Next up came Loud in 2010, which was ballsy and braggadocious and kind of boyish. Talk That Talk followed in 2011. This is where we saw Rihanna step into like a diva, like a festival diva personality and really toyed with EDM. Then we have 2012's Unapologetic, which is tooled and reliable and was sort of setting up setting her up for success touring i i struggle to say that this is a bad thing because during this time we have some great great rihanna songs songs like rude boy only girl in the world snm what's my name we found love where have you been diamonds stay i mean like the list is ridiculous my favorite b-sides are on these albums like I love Man Down and then my favorite hidden gem Rihanna song called Love Without Tragedy slash Mother Mary it's off Unapologetic in 2012 Uh, it's sort of like this survivor anthem that samples the police message in a bottle and this song is like so euphoric and trippy and it is long it goes on for like eight minutes and pivots halfway through to like a completely different melody it's really really cool and experimental but it's sort of like wedged in an album where it doesn't fit and nobody knows it and nobody talks about it just me because I'm so I'm so like unique and cultured I'm just not like other girls you know I'm like a hipster (laughs) No, but this was the time period where Rihanna was doing what people wanted her to do. And it was very apparent. And it made her a lot of money. And a lot of people filled the seats at her shows. And, you know, we we enjoyed it. Like, any of these songs come on, even to this day, at a wedding or something. And I'm rushing the dance floor. I guess I don't care that much when they sound dated because they're so connected in my brain to, like, big memories of my adolescence they are enjoyable in the way all nostalgia is but that doesn't necessarily mean they're songs that stand the test of time i'm gonna point specifically to 2011's where have you been as an example of this because this is a song that is oriented around a dubstep drop at the end of its chorus which now sounds really cheesy and reminiscent of a time period where people thought edm was like the future of music and you know everything was going to be like so techno and obviously like there are still seeds of this within the genre of hyperpop and things like that but we have gotten so much more like like hyperpop producers just there's there's more meat there those those songs have care and thought behind them they're not like lifeless behind the eyes the way that 2011 EDM was like I th- I kind of feel like people at the time thought that they could just take a standard song and then after the chorus it goes woof 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 woo, 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 and then like drops and everyone's like da, da, da. like we found love in ourselves like I mean it's like I guess it's fun to dance to but it just sounds so grating you know and like unless it's like the ideal right situation where you're in like a sweaty You're on a sweaty dance floor and everyone's throwing their hands in the air, like fist pumping Jersey Shore style. Like, why would you want this? You know, I was kind of glad when Rihanna took her first hiatus from 2012 to 2016, because I felt like she had to recalibrate. Beyonce's a really interesting comp here, because during this time period from 05 to 2012, where Rihanna was just churning out hit after hit, um and remaining relatively identityless apart from the fact that she was a bad gal as she likes to say um Beyonce was shifting from songs like single ladies and if i were a boy which very well could have just been put out by rihanna um to more formulated projects like self-titled and like lemonade that Uh, had her at the center, and that couldn't have been put out by anybody else. They were very clearly Beyoncé records. And Beyoncé was, at this point, at 2016, when Rihanna finally released uh, the long-anticipated Anti, Beyoncé, like, she had, like, a storied lore around her. She wasn't just a hitmaker, but was kind of a spokeswoman for a way of life and Rihanna had not at that point been able to achieve that like I feel like it's a failing of the crafting of Rihanna's identity that so many people still associate her with like the 09 Chris Brown assault that should be buried under all of this stuff that she stands for and who, what she represents that should be buried under a sound she helped pioneer or a conversation she helped usher in. 2016, though, is a interesting turning point for her because she finally gets to leave Def Jam Records because her sixth album deal is up, um, and she moves over to Roc Nation. Now, in the early 2000s, Jay-Z was a stakeholder and partial owner in Def Jam, and Rock Nation is his personal label that he since started launched um so she kind of just moved over with him so like it is a fresh start in that she is surrounded by you know a, a new team but uh it's not like as big of a jump as when like Taylor Swift moved from Big Machine to Republic um you know, because there, there was no drama there. Like there's no reason why she left Def Jam. It's just like Def Jam is kind of a dying label. Um, They, they just don't have the chokehold on urban music the way that they did in the early 2000s. And uh, Rock Nation is kind of like the place to be now for everybody, like regardless of genre. I don't love some of the moves she made around this time. I do feel like she was being puppeteered by Jay a little bit. This is when he was launching his streaming service title. Um, which is like a notorious flop up there with the likes of google glass title was one of those products that nobody asked for and nobody wanted and then we all felt like obligated to download because he would make his artists on rock nation release title only exclusives so like You couldn't get this Rihanna album on iTunes or on Spotify. Statistically, like it just it really, really limited the album's reach. And I feel like this could have been an even more massive moment than it was. Um, if Jay-Z didn't sort of corral her in order to boost his own passion project. (laughs) Um and I'm a Jay-Z fan. I don't mean to talk shit, but like this was a messy era. And, you know, I, I do kind of feel like he was selfishly promoting his own thing at risk of other artists' careers. Um, that being said, Anti is the album where we have Bitch Better Have My Money, Work, Needed Me, and Love on the Brain. And like that.
0: What you want from me? Just to get close to you Could you burn something today? And I'll run for miles just to get it today
1: Also around this time, she released collaborations like Calvin Harris's This Is What You Came For, or DJ Khaled's Wild Thoughts. Um, There was a lot of like trap influence. A lot of this was produced by DJ Mustard, who was producing like a lot of big hip hop records at the time for artists like Ty Dolla Sign, 2 Chainz, Tyga, Jeremiah, Big Sean. Um, Rihanna was one of the only women that he was consistently working with, and one of the only non hip hop artists. Although, like she's such a chameleon that, like, there are times when she like cosplays as a hip hop artist. Like, "Bitch Better Have My Money" is is a rap song, you know. <laughs> a lot of critics were let down because they thought in the four years between Unapologetic and Anti that Rihanna would have found her place. And Anti turned up to be still a little bit conflicted and unresolved. And I agree, even though I love these songs. I love the way that Work uses this patois and screws it with Drake's funny cheeky verse. I love the vocals on Love on the Brain. I think that it's almost reminiscent of like an Amy Winehouse song. There are so many times where she nears her potential niche but she doesn't stick the landing. She's like throwing too much at the wall. Um, Still, she's kind of on top of the world. Um, She goes on this giant world tour. She wins a few Grammys for this work. And in 2016, she is crowned the video vanguard at the MTV VMAs, which is a really, really prestigious award created and named in Michael Jackson's legacy. Year after year, somebody wins this and... As the prize, they are able to perform a like 20 minute marathon medley on the show spanning their career. So they can't go on there and perform their new album in full. They have to go on and perform like gr- the greatest hits, essentially. This is noteworthy because the Video Vanguard Award is kind of like a mini Super Bowl halftime show. They have the same function. Of course, Way more people are watching the Super Bowl than the VMAs each year, especially nowadays. And of course, the Super Bowl has a bigger budget because it is sponsored by like a corporate advertiser. Usually, historically, it has been Pepsi. This year, for the first time, it's Apple. Um, So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bigger deal, yes, but they have the exact same structure. So I feel like we kind of have a sense of what Rihanna might do already. We have a blueprint to look to if we want to make predictions about what the Super Bowl halftime show will be. Um, Which kind of takes me to my central question today. Is Rihanna ready? Is the world wanting this? Rihanna was first offered the Super Bowl slot back in 2018, but boycotted it and turned it down Uh, in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick. Uh, This was like the time period where the NFL was really in hot water with how they were dealing with and handling his season of protesting against police brutality on the field. Um, I think a Super Bowl halftime show in 2018 would have made much more sense. But now we've been in a seven-year music drought from her. Not only has she been silent in terms of putting out new records, but she hasn't been performing at all. Rihanna has not been on a stage since she performed uh, DJ Khaled's Wild Thoughts with him one time following its release. She's out of practice, she's likely lacking in stamina, and she's out of touch with what popular general public audiences want right now I kind of feel like her fashion has now become outdated and the no fucks given attitude that she was hailed for back in the day is now outdated as well because we are obsessed with celebrities who care and who give their fucks you know there are certain people with really really natural gifts that I feel like you know would be able to pr- pull together a performance like this, but Rihanna's voice has always been so-so. Her dancing has always been so-so. The lack of, of like, lead-up kind of concerns me. Uh, I feel like she has leaned too much into disappearing to build hype that it has kind of backfired. Uh, she's getting old, and there has been no passing the torch moment. We're seeing this, you know, really, like, run Nicki Minaj through the ringer because she is grasping so hard onto that torch as she's aging out of stardom and like you know there needs to be a moment where you're saying like hey like I'm like now in the senior class and like I have to help the freshmen succeed you have to be like a mentor after a while or else you look like a bitter old head Rihanna obviously has the catalog. Like I said before, 56 singles and 14 number ones. We saw her pull together a career-spanning performance like this back in 2016 at the VMAs, so we know she has it in her. I think that performance was an achievement. Something that she did that was a little eyebrow-raising to me was um, she cut and chopped the performance into four smaller performances, which is kind of like the opposite of the point. Uh, You know, usually artists like to use this big lengthy space on the telecast to move from one end of their discography to the other and like show the breadth and the development. She popped in and out throughout the night. Like she, like they like bookended other segments of the award show with her performances. She did four of them. Um, I guess her excuse for this was, like, she believes that her, um, her career is defined by her reinvention. So every time she came out for a new leg of the performance, she was dressed differently. There was a different stage setup. Um, I remember one being, like, a Caribbean dance hall vibe. One was, like, millennial pink. There was one where all the backup dancers were wearing, uh, t-shirts that looked like they were like parody t-shirts of like heavy metal rock music band merch uh and it said like rihanna in like a drippy font and they were all wearing like green sunglasses uh which i guess at the time was also it was also kind of trendy this is like clout goggles era um and then the the fourth section arguably the best one was her like mature put together vibe where she was wearing a gown and she belted out diamonds and love on the brain I do watch that performance a lot because I actually think she sounds really great on it and then um Drake gives her the award and there's like this flirting between them and and she was like relevant like that was like that was a moment where like I was like yeah like this is pop culture right now like every aspect of that was pop culture right now Rihanna like I just feel like she's not pop culture right now and I want to be like, oh my God, Rihanna Super Bowl, yeah. But like Rihanna now is just a multi billionaire in 2021, the world's wealthiest musician. I I just think of her as a, a fashion and beauty mogul. She has brands like Fenty, her clothing line, Savage X Fenty, her lingerie line, Fenty Beauty, makeup line, Fenty Skin, skincare line. She's the creative director of Puma. She like is the fucking ambassador of tourism in the Barbados. Like, this woman has not been in a studio, you know? Like, she's she is completely unplugged from where the music scene is at. And, like, I just don't really trust her right now to give the world a performance representative of the era we're living in. I want her to prove me wrong. I want her to release an album between now and then that is is so newsworthy and just in everyone's ears for the entire month. But I I kind of feel doubtful that she'll do it because she, she's like a tease. Like in 2018, she teased an album to Vogue that never materialized at all. She plays with fans' emotions and constantly like is posting these like goofy ass meme type things where she's like, like... You know, like talking, like, where's the album? Where's the, like, my, me, me, when my fans ask me where the album is, like, shut the fuck up. Listen, Rihanna, let's, let's, let's get real here together. We love you. You are like a bad bitch. You make songs that have been fun to dance to literally my whole life since the first time I ever watched a YouTube video. You know, like, like you are, you're a defining figure of our generation. But if you want the hype, you have to deliver at some point. You won't get the hype based on vibes alone. Rihanna's getting dangerously close to being a nostalgia artist, and that's not what I want from her because I I still feel like she has more in her that is untapped still. If your whole career is based on reinvention, then reinvent. Like, if that's your thing, then do it, you know? I, I, I don't I guess I just don't understand why she has been waiting so long to make a step because she has people that can run these businesses for her. It's not like Rihanna's literally like needed in the office every day at Fenty Beauty, you know, like, like we're talking billionaire money. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, Let's end the episode on a lighter note because I feel like I am being a little harsh and critical. Um. You know, I, I I critique because I care, because I see potential in these artists that they're not living up to, but yada, 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 whatever. Um, Let's end on a light note. Let us craft our dream Rihanna Super Bowl halftime show set list. We open on a football field, filled, lined with dancers, holding up their umbrellas at the sky. You hear an echo.
0: Ella, Ella,
1: Ella. And then it stops, and everyone applauds. And then we hear a a a, and then the crowd grows crazy. Under my umbrella, and everyone screams. And then Rihanna lifts out of the ground, at like Beyonce style, like rises from from the middle of the stage. All of a sudden, from the roof of the stadium, our stadium. Do stadiums have roofs? I don't know. From the roof of the stadium, let's say in this in this scenario, they do. From the roof of the stadium torrential downpour fake rain drenches the field rihanna's kicking puddles like that episode of glee where where mr schuster does that um jay-z comes out for his verse and everyone's losing their minds jay-z stays out and they do a little bit of run this town together uh ideally in my dream version of this kanye west is still a good person and comes out as well um, but for the sake of everything he does not um, at this point we transition to like a medley of rude boy and panday replay and um, Rihanna does like a costume change really quick somehow maybe she wears those like magnetic clothes that like you just like yank off and there's something on underneath it and she's like twerking and whining and all of a sudden the music slowly modulates and changes, and we realize that it's the song work. Drake rises from the stage, and they, they sing it together, and then they sing, What's My Name? Cause that's their other song together at some point in the set she plays diamonds and she's in the middle of the field playing piano she has learned to play piano in the past seven years and she's killing it like she's she's like alicia keys vibes up there and everybody in the in the audience has glow sticks like um like those like light up concert ones and there's a big gem at the end and it's, it's playing time bright like a diamond and everybody's waving their like wands in the air and it's all dark besides all the lights and it's beautiful and everybody's crying because it's just representative of us all coming together even after covid kept us apart <laughs> all right i'll leave you with that today that vision um NFL if you want to hire me. My uh, my Instagram is at HiveMindPopculture and my Twitter is HiveMindThePod. the Pod. Um thank you so much for chatting with me today. I missed you and I'm happy that we could check in. I uh, will leave you with a Rihanna classic. See you soon. Bye.
0: Please don't stop the music. music.